A hero is defined as a person admired for his courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities, and often connotes one who, in the face of danger, combats adversity with ingenuity, bravery, or strength, often sacrificing his own personal concerns for a greater good. Now, interestingly, this pretty much sums up the biblical model for fatherhood, or possibly MacGyver if you followed the 1980 TV series. Uh, Poking fun at a TV hero is one thing, but today, we as a culture seem to make fun of and even ridicule the classic and historic father figures all around us, uh, making dad look like a buffoon quite often. Equating fatherhood with heroism may no longer be politically or socially correct, but it is still correct in the eyes of our kids and our spouses, whether they say so or not. So dads, let's talk about being the father heroes our families want and need today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hi there. I do hope your day is going well. I appreciate your carving out some time to be with us today. If you're new to this program, Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. That's a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and, by extension, their families. I'm Rich Rosel. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And uh, Trace, it's been a few months since today's guest was last with us on the program, but the topic of fatherhood, how important it is to our kids and how important it is for our country to recognize and restore it to its proper status is something that I know you see as, well, a topic worth revisiting often, don't you? Yeah, I really do, Rich. Uh, I think that more problems than we realize stem from the fact that we've emasculated, even feminized today's American male. And, and this has radically affected how we view and execute fatherhood today. Uh, but it's not just males that are taking the hit, Rich. If you ask me, women and our entire culture, for that matter, are actually the biggest losers. Uh, but so many of us are drinking that cultural lemming aid, so to speak. Yeah, not uh, lemonade, but yeah, lemming aid. Gotcha. <laughs> and we just don't see it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Femininity is a, is, a, is a gift of the world. I thank God for it. But, but the buck was never supposed to stop there. Uh, generally speaking, any culture that's driven by feelings and emotion, which is largely a female trait, rather than being led by logic and reason, largely male traits, I believe that's doomed to the failures and consequences of a protocol that operates outside God's ecosystem, or common sense for that matter. And the same thing applies to fatherhood. God himself tells us in Isaiah 118, come, let's reason together. Mm. Yet the funny part of all this is that Men have to tap into both their logic and their feelings to allow the Spirit of God to work through them in order to be the completed father hero their kids are actually needing and wanting. And ideally, it takes moms to help bring these fathers to completion. Yeah. Uh, we need those emotional doorways to better access the spiritual realm. But that doesn't mean that holy spiritual things aren't logical and reasonable, because they are. You know, I have kids all the time, Rich, they try to tell me that the Trinity isn't logical. Uh, because we say we serve one God in three persons, and of course, one plus one plus one is three and not one. And that's why I have to remind them that they need to calculate correctly. Uh, they're doing addition when they need to be doing multiplication because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are fully God, all of them. One times one times one equals one. Mm. And by the way, no kid needs a Bible, a church, or a religion to identify uh, with that need or that want that, that, that's born into them. So generally speaking, because uh, there are exceptions to every rule, it's mom's feelings and emotions that help dad's logic and reason 
keep that in check and helps him from being the tyrannical dictator that most men are capable of being, right, like, like, like right. you, Rich. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it's the Holy Spirit that orchestrates all this, ideally through both a mother and a father. Yeah. You know, I mean, can a single parent get it done? Sure. Just like a one-armed guy can make adjustments to get through life pretty well. Matter of fact, I think there was even a Major League Baseball player who played with one arm. But it isn't an ideal situation. The one-armed guy is always going to have the disadvantage. Uh, and, and there'll be certain things that he'll never be able to do as effectively as a guy with two arms. Sure. If he can do them at all. Sure. So can women and moms be heroes? Absolutely they can. And we'll be interviewing one today uh, just a, in just a second. But there's just something about the heroics that only men and fathers can bring to God's ecosystem that their kids and their wives not only need but desire. And I, I don't know. I think maybe it's a security and a significance thing. Uh, but every time I ask our girls at Shepherd's Hill Academy, every time, if they'd be willing to follow and submit, I know that's a nasty word, and submit to a guy who loved them, cherished them, protected them, committed to them, and sacrificed for them, mm. Rich, every hand goes up. Yeah. There's never been an exception. And I've been doing this for years. History, research, statistics, ex experience, scripture, and what used to be called common sense all back me up. And I think today's guest might back me up too. Yeah. And and again, just to to underscore this, you are not pushing against the role of women in raising kids, in leading our country, in doing any of these things. I'm but sure you're for it. Exactly. But mm -hmm. what we're pointing out is quite often the original traditional role of men has been pushed aside mm -hmm. and uh, is is not given the credit that it needs nor the the push that it needs to stay right to stay right in the front line. To coin a there. phrase from Dr. Phil of all guys, uh, how's it been working for us? Yeah, not not so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have asked Dr. Meg Meeker to come back and join us today on Licensed to Parent because of a great book that she has written called Hero, being the strong father your children need. Now, Meg is a pediatrician, but she's also a mom and a grandmother. She's host of the parenting podcast, Parenting Great Kids, and a best-selling author of six books now. She lives and works in northern Michigan, where she shares a medical practice with her husband, Walter. And as for the parenting stats, which we like to include, the Meekers have four grown children and one granddaughter. Meg, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Thank you so much for having me. And for waiting through our long diatribe <laughs> about why we need men back in the picture. That's always a... Yeah. Thing. Well, we're, we're, we're both long-winded. But, uh, Meg, the name of your book is, is Hero. I mean, why do you choose that title? And what's so important about a father being seen as a hero in the eyes of his kids? Thank you for asking the question. You know, men look at the word hero very differently from the way kids look at the word hero. Most men, when they think hero, think of, uh, you know, a pilot who, um, who lands a plane with uh, one wing, uh, a guy who wins the Super Bowl and scores the winning touchdown, something like that. But the truth of the matter is kids, when they're born, the vast majority of kids, I'd say 99 or percent of children under the age of five, when they're very young, look to their father as their hero. They ascribe this role to the fathers right from the get-go. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money he makes. It doesn't matter what kind of home they live in. It doesn't matter his education level or, uh, you know, his job. But young children look to their father of, as the one who is stronger, wiser, and larger in life. And so 
they look up to this man and hang on everything he says, everything he does, um, and and they perceive in a, in, in a very critical way, and I believe it's important for fathers to recognize that because um, most fathers miss it. Most mothers miss that children are doing with this fathers with with their fathers, and I and I believe that if we could show fathers who they are through their kids' eyes, you know, for ten or fifteen minutes, once in their lives, their lives would never be the same. They would parent very differently because they would feel so good Mm -hmm. about how their kids see them. But nowhere are men taught that. As a matter of fact, as you said in your opening, fathers are taught just the opposite. They're taught they're they're taught through our culture that they're dumb, they need correction by a snarky little kid, um, that they're not even necessary. You know, there's a, a joke that goes around the Internet on women's sites. You know, women need men like fish need a bicycle. And, um, you know, this is devastating to children, and it's devastating to fathers. Yeah. Being seen as a hero seems like a lot to live up to, but what I'm hearing you say is that our kids are really just looking for regular guys doing what they're supposed to do. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's my point in the book is that kids aren't looking for dads who are superstars. Kids aren't looking for dads who um, always say the right thing, never yell, never make mistakes, um, n- never lose their jobs never fail other people. Kids want their fathers to just be there and get the big stuff right. That's it. That's the beauty of of the way kids see their fathers and what kids want from their fathers. And we adults have made parenting so complicated. You know, we're afraid to even talk about parenting roles because we think, oh, all we're going to do is overwhelm people and they're not going to get it and fathers right. are going to feel intimidated. Well, I mean, my, my book is great news because any father can be their child's hero. The truth of the matter is every father probably already is his child's hero, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to him. Right. And, and that's what I'm, I'm bringing. I really wanted to write this book is to say, look, like you, I've listened to thousands of kids over the years as a pediatrician, and I know what they want from their parents, and I know what they say about their parents, and I know how they feel about their parents. And they're so vastly different from what parents, particularly fathers, believe. And I really honestly believe with all of my heart that if fathers realized that their kids want them, their kids look up to them regardless of the mistakes they make um, and that their kids just want the basics and that's good enough. They want to know their dads are crazy about them. They want to know that their dads are trying. Uh, They want to know that their dads aren't going anywhere. They're going to hang in there with them forever and ever and ever. And they want to know that no matter what they do, um, even if they do sat in a closet the rest of their life, that their fathers are going to love them no matter what. And if fathers can just start there and begin there and get that, mm-hmm. 
you know, that covers 99% of parenting for yeah. fathers. Well, yeah. Great parenting is so simple, but yeah, it's hard. It's interesting you should say that. You know, uh, I, I think John Roseman was the one who told me that, that there's, there was 70,000 books written on parenting. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like your book exposes the fact that you don't need 70,000 books. Exactly. God never intended us to, to be PhDs in child psychology yes, to yes. be a good parent, for crying out loud. 90% of, of, of success, according to the, the guys in the know, is just showing up. And, and, and I, exactly. think, I think the same thing applies in, in parenting. Mm. You know, from my own personal experience, I come from a divorced family before divorce was cool in the early 1960s. I was like six years old. But one thing my dad do, uh, dad did rather, uh, outside of beating me occasionally <laughs> and berating me and a bunch of other things that he did as, uh, uh, to me as a, as a kid, he never failed to show up on Friday. He never missed a Friday in in the next you know twelve thirteen years of my of my childhood. Wow! And and the fact that he would show up in snowstorms uh, in the Chicago area in taxi cabs when he couldn't get there any other way and walked five blocks when his car broke down four five blocks away to pick us up. Uh, that that spoke to me, and that mm-hmm. proves it yes. should prove to to any prudent individual that really success ninety percent of it is just showing up. And I think too many fathers today aren't showing up. Go ahead, Meg. They don't. They don't because I think that fathers believe, you know what, my kids don't really want me. Um, my wife often communicates to me that I'm not needed or that she's got this. Because the truth of the matter is, when it comes to parenting. A lot of mothers are control freaks, and we communicate, you know what, we got this, we got this. Um, <laughs> you don't really know what you're doing, so just kind of stay out there in orbit. Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of wait until I, I tell you what you need to do or complain enough that you're not doing things, so I'll let you give it, give it a whirl. But the truth of the matter is, you know, kids want their dads, and what they want and need from their dads are very, very simple. They want to they want their dads to show up, like you said, do what you say you're going to do. Yep. You know, if you're going to take your kid somewhere on Saturday, take him somewhere. Or at least let him know you're, you're trying. And, 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 you know, kids are so filled with grace and forgiveness because <laughs> yeah. they need their parents. They need their dads. Yeah. Dads don't need their children, but children need their dads. And we don't like to talk about needs because, you know, we feel, oh, that makes people feel guilty. Well, kids need certain things from their dads and their moms. Mm-hmm. And having them show up and be present and try in their lives is at the top of the list. I agree. Mm-hmm. And perhaps dads should remember how they feel about their kids. Do they love their kids and, and, and cherish their kids based upon how many home runs they hit or that they get straight A's? I don't think any dad worth his salt really thinks that way. And I, and I no. think you're absolutely right that kids uh, feel the same way about their dads. We're talking today uh, on Licensed to Parent with Dr. Meg Meeker. She's author of the book, Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. You can find that book on Amazon.com. You can find out more about uh, Dr. Meg on her website, MegMeekerMD.com. That's Meg Meeker, spelled M-E-E-K-E-R, the letters MD.com. This is Licensed to Parent. A quick break, and we'll be right back, so please don't go away. In the training of our children, 
What role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month, Christ-centered, nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You are listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And again, our guest today on the program is Dr. Meg Meeker. She's author of the book, Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. By the way, uh, we have chatted with Meg about having her back for a continuation of this conversation on our next program. So... I'm not worried about us being able to fit in all 1,100 questions that we had for you on this. <laughs> but uh, to, to take it back to the beginning, we were talking about the fact that sometimes what dad really needs to recognize in order to be the hero for his kids and even for his, his spouse is that he has to be there. And I know uh, just a, a quick personal story. Back in 2008 when the U.S. economy tanked for many of us, I lost my job. A lot of my friends did as well. And I went through about a two-year period where our income, and we were a one-income family, was cut in half. And so in my case, I mean, I was seeing my role as dad was my role as, as earning a living to take care of my family. And I spent an inordinate amount of time at work. I was working from home, and I thought, well, this is great. I'm home with my family. But I know from my, from my youngest son— this was very, very difficult because he'd see me sitting there at my desk working and he'd come in as, as a young boy and just want to start talking to me. And I would, I would try to turn around and give him my attention, but quite often I was having to say, son, I can't talk right now. I've got to work, which in his mind put work more important than him. And that was very dangerous. And I was there physically. In, in, you know, in person, I was there. But I wasn't there emotionally or mentally, and we are still getting over that 
challenge in our relationship from the, you know that many years back. Um, but I will say this: my wife never berated me. But one thing that she did do, and I'd like you to speak to this. She picked up the slack and in some cases may have enabled me to continue not being present because she took on some of the dad roles, uh, trying to keep the family going. But I, I often wonder, had we had this to, to relive, had she said, no, that's your role and you need to step up and do it, if I might have changed my priorities and been more present in my kids' lives at that time. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if you'd speak to that, especially to dads who maybe have out-of-control work lives, working 60 or 70 hours a week. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I think that there are a lot that women do to take fathering responsibilities uh, you know, away from them, and they don't necessarily size up a situation correctly and say, this is what I need to do to help my husband um, be a better dad. This is what I need to do to help my husband spend more time with the kids, engage with the kids, and I don't necessarily want to feed into bad patterns here. And I think yeah. women do that all the time. As a matter of fact, I've written several times about how to help your spouse be a better parent. You know, how to help your spouse in a loving way sort of say, you know, I have noticed that the kids are seeking more and more and more attention from you because I think they feel like they're just not getting attention. How can I help you um, engage with them and, and take some time? How, you know, what is it that I can do to help you do what you need to do but also help strengthen your relationship with the kids? Because I do think that in many ways we sabotage our, our spouse's um, relationship with kids by either um, helping them work too much um, or patting them when they work too much or, you know, just not even in a loving way, just sort of pointing out, gee whiz, things are amiss here and there are things I know that the kids want from you and need from you and my job is to help you give that to our kids. And I think sometimes one of the reasons we inadvertently sabotage it is because we might feel competitive with with the other spouse. We want our kids to want us more than they want the other spouse. We often want to feel like the best parent, the better parent, the more loving parent. Mm. Um, and, and and we have to come to grips with that and say, you know what, I, I'm I'm starting to feel that way in in myself and I don't I don't want to be that. I want my kids to equally need the other parent and I want to help the other parent really engage to his or her best ability with our kids. So I'm going to figure out a way to help that happen, but I'm going to work with my spouse to do it. Yeah. That's really, really healthy parenting. Um, but most of us don't necessarily do that because, you know, we've got our own insecurities. Right. And, and we fuel um, bad patterns uh, in in all relationships in the home, yeah. how can moms do a better job uh, of of uh, raising her husband's hero status in the eyes of their kids? Mothers need to recognize, as a parent, that they owe it to their children, as a good parent, to help that child have the best possible relationship with their dad they can. I don't care if dad's in jail. Uh, if dad is estranged, um, whatever dad has done, wherever he is, 
because a mom as a good parent is going to understand that the child wants a connection with dad and needs a connection with dad, and they need the best possible relationship that they can. So she needs to support that relationship, and that means, and this is, this is tricky because a lot of women, particularly who are divorced, and many who are not, but who are in marri- in married, have a lot of animosity towards their husband or the child's father, right. and they work hard to make sure that that child feels that animosity, too, because they feel that's only right. But the boomerang's back on them, right? Terribly, 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 because kids grow up and they recognize that these are mom's feelings not necessarily reality or truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important that mom not criticize dad. You know, I've seen mothers do this beautifully. I had a good friend who was married to a horrible alcoholic husband, and he would drive the kids around drunk, and he did a Mm. lot of things. And eventually, you know, dad disappeared, lived on the streets. They had four kids, uh, and mom ended up dying. And one of the, the most beautiful moments of you know, parenting praise I saw was at mom's funeral when one of the kids said, you know, I never heard my mom criticize my dad. Mm. And that gives me the freedom to love my dad as he is. And what freedom she gave those kids. If that mom would have criticized her, her ex-husband, um, those kids would have become defensive yeah. and they would have, it would have muddied their relationship with dad. Instead, she freed them up to take the bits and pieces that they could with their father and love them. And another thing that happens when mothers criticize husbands and fill their kids with a lot ears with a lot of vitriol is that kids grow up and they eventually resent the mother terribly because they go, why did you do that to us? Dad isn't the person in our eyes that you said he was. Mm-hmm. Dad didn't do that to us. Maybe dad did that to you, but that's your issue. Mm-hmm. How dare you? So it really comes back to bite mothers, and yeah. it also hurts children, and it hurts the relationship. There's an, it's no win. When mothers rail against fathers, no matter how justified they feel, it always, always tears everyone in the, in the fam, in family relationships down. Yeah. Boy, you know what, Meg? I, with the families I deal with, I see this so often. You are so spot on. Uh, let me uh, bring this version of the program to a close, and by that I mean part two will continue on our next uh, edition. Our guest today on License to Parent has been Dr. Meg Meeker. She's author of the book we've been discussing, Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. And again, you can find that on Amazon.com, and you can find uh, out more about Dr. Meg on her website, Meg Meeker, spelled M-E-E-K-E-R, Meg Meeker, M-D. Dot com. Meg, thanks so much for you, uh, joining us twice and uh, and being willing to suffer through us once again next week. We appreciate that. <laughs> you bet. Thank you. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Now, we produce this program to share some of the hard lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day in the hopes that your family might avoid some of the heartache, avoid the need for a residential program for your team. Now, as always, if you can help our work financially, and we certainly hope you will, please click the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work we do at Shepherd's Hill. It can help provide scholarship aid to families who need residential care but can't afford it. 
and it can also help keep this radio program on the air. A donation in any amount will certainly be a blessing. Please click the donate button when you visit LicensedToParent.org and thanks in advance. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.